Hello and welcome to another episode of CX Conversations. This is your host Vivek bringing you CX lessons from CX leaders from around the world. In today's CX Conversations, I'm going to be talking about how to deliver a rockstar customer experience. If you have ever been to a rock concert, you'd know that the experience is just thrilling. You jump and sway with the music, you wait for your favorite song, and when it comes up, you sing along at the top of your lungs. Ultimately, you're left with an undying memory of one of the best experiences of your life, longing for more. How can brands create such joyous customer experience that keeps their customers coming back for more? Sharing the secrets is the only rockstar CX coach in the world, James Dotkins. James used to be a real-life award-winning rockstar. He played guitar in a heavy metal band and toured around the world for rock concerts. Tapping into this unique experience, he helps brands develop a rockstar customer experience now. A best-selling author, James is also the founder and customer experience rockstar at Rockstar CX and host of the Amazon Prime weekly show This Week in CX. James works with CX heads, CCOs, and directors of CX in helping them set up a customer-centric culture and deliver Rockstar CX. He's an international CX keynote speaker. His guitar performance at the keynotes are extremely popular and already has a fan following, not only because it is an amazing show, but also because it delivers some great lessons in Rockstar CX. I'm thrilled to be talking with James on the podcast today. James, welcome to the CX Conversations. Thank you for having me. That was, that was one hell of an intro, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing that. I hope it lived up to the rock star uh, impression. I uh, exceeded expectations, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us about your journey, James. How did you uh, get into CX coaching and international keynote speaking from being a rock star? So completely by accident, I will, I will, tell, you, I will tell you my story. Sure. So basically... Used to be an actual real-life legitimate award-winning rock star. Toured the world, played a guitar in a heavy metal band, released two albums, was in magazines, had a video on TV, etc., etc. That all ended. And when that ended, I did the, the next logical thing, the next logical step you would do after that. And I went and worked for an insurance company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is the standard thing. What else would you do? Um, <laughs> realized I was like, ah, after selling insurance on the phone for a couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? this probably isn't what I want to do with the rest of my life and set myself out a bit of a path to progress through the company. Now I was, I was really lucky because the company grew really quickly. So there was lots of opportunities to progress. So I worked my way up the ladder. I was convinced I was going to be CEO one day and then I got made, I got made redundant, which, um, like Americans, I think call it being downsized. You you don't get fired. It's just your job doesn't exist anymore. So I was like, ah, right. What do I do now? I sat down and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? When I was at this insurance company, we had lots of really expensive, crappy consultants come through. I could be a really expensive, crappy consultant. So I did that. I became a really expensive, crappy consultant. Um, set out on my own. It was um, really, I was wildly underqualified. But because I kind of looked at things at a different way and was relatively created, I did pretty well off of it, man. I ended up working with some really good people, people like Disney, uh, Mercedes, Lego, American Express, 
all sorts of governments around the world. So I've worked with some really cool people. Now, the issue was that in order to progress in the corporate world, I had created a corporate persona for myself. So suit and tie, briefcase, that sort of thing. And the issue with that is it worked. It worked pretty well. But the problem with that was, is it wasn't who I was. Um, I'd, I'd lost sight of who I actually was. And um, with the customer experience world getting more and more saturated with more and more people who are experts in customer experience coming about, I, I kind of needed something to stand out and differentiate from myself. And the, the, the thing that was the final straw for me was I heard a quote from a guy called Jerry Garcia. He, he was from the Grateful Dead. You may have heard of him. And the quote is, you shouldn't be trying to be the best in the world at what you do. You should be trying to be the only person in the world that does what you do. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good idea. Realized the only two things I was ever good at in my entire life were being a rock star and doing customer experience. So why not put these things together? And that was it. I went, I went to my wife, who was like two months pregnant at the time. I said, look, I've got this plan. Right, I'm going to change everything. I've got this plan. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to be myself. And she was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she, she backed me in the end. Um, yeah, so completely rebranded the company, Rockstar CX. I talk about how to deliver Rockstar customer experience. I am now a customer experience Rockstar. I wrote the keynote with the guitar playing and musical examples, which has gone down really well. Um, just to try and bring some fun back to customer experience. Because the thing is, man, customer experience is a fun subject. I don't know how we've managed to make it so boring over the years, um, but I'm trying to reverse that. I'm trying to bring some fun back. So there you go. That is my story from heavy metal rock star to customer experience rock star. Yeah, and bringing fun back to customer experience. That's awesome. So help us understand what is Rockstar CX and how is it different from the usual delightful customer experience goal that brands kind of go after? In short, it's unforgettable. It's creating one of those experiences that you will never forget as a customer. And there are kind of six core elements that you tend to find in really, really good customer experience, what I like to call a Rockstar mm -hmm. customer experience. Would you like to know what they are? Yes, for sure. Cool. Now, look, what, what I'm going to tell you now isn't particularly groundbreaking. Okay, you might hear this and be like, oh, is, is that it? Um, you, you'll, you'll know, you've done your research. I get written about quite a lot, which is lovely. Um, and when people write about me, I get referred to as a thought leader. And that's very nice too. However, I don't know how accurate it is. I'm, I'm more of a thought reminder I'm just, I just go around reminding people of things they already know they should be doing, but somehow forgot along the way. So these six things, they might not be groundbreaking, but it doesn't mean that they're not true. So the six things are easy, fast, convenient, trackable, personalized, and predictive. So if you find an amazing customer experience, what you tend to find is they will have a, usually all six of these elements. Mm. They're easy for the customer. They're fast for the customer. They're convenient for the customer. They're trackable so the customer knows where they are in their process. Uh, they are personalized to that customer and their needs. And they are predictive so they know things that are going on before the customer even does. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So uh, that's, that's kind of interesting. I've never really heard a take on customer experience from such an holistic angle. So... Tell us, how do you help companies achieve this Rockstar CX? Uh, for various ways. Uh, training and workshop facilitation 
is mm-hmm. the the big thing uh, coaching as well like mentorship but yeah training people to use tools and techniques that help them deliver rockstar customer experience and facilitating workshops for them actually doing the work actually changing the um the experiences i'm not a consultant hashtag not a consultant all right um it's it's something i have done in the past it's just you know what i just don't enjoy it it's um and i don't think it's necessarily the best thing for companies for for some companies it might be but in my experience man i I don't know. I don't necessarily think that companies need consultants. Yeah, sometimes they need guidance and they need some hand-holding and they need some outside influence. But I think the companies that do the best in the world are the companies that do it for themselves, that mm. experience that transformation for themselves, that, that change themselves. Change isn't something you can do to somebody. You have to do it with somebody. So... Yeah. Yeah, so, so for me, the way that I help companies is training, workshops, and coaching. And, of course, my super cool Rockstar keynote called Rules for Rockstars, where I play guitar and there's musical examples, and people get so super inspired by that that they just go back and change everything immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Talk through the whole uh, six steps to Rockstar CX that you have. Cool. Well, I mean, I, I'll, just, I'll just go at it. I'll just talk. And then if you've got any questions, feel free to ask them. So number one is easy. Make the experience easy. Make it so simple and intuitive that you don't even need to explain it. Help your customers achieve their goals in the least steps possible. So for me, probably the best example of this is Amazon, the one-click buying. Have you, have you ever used yeah. that? Yes, yes, yes. So cool. Man, it's, it's so quick, so easy, so intuitive. That, I mean, realistically, the only thing that isn't easy about it is me having to explain to my wife why I've bought more stuff we don't need. That's, that's the only difficult thing about it. I mean, but excuse me, who doesn't need a courgette spiralizer? Thank you. Um, but we need to look at our experiences and we need to ask ourselves the question, how do we make this experience easier for our customer? How do we help them achieve their goals in the least steps with the least things to do, with the least forms to fill in, with the least websites to visit? What can we do for the customer that they which will mean they don't have to do it for themselves. So that's easy. Make the experience easy. And the second one is fast. Make the experience fast. How can we help our customers achieve their goals quicker than our competitors or quicker than they can do it for themselves? Look, there's lots of backwards and forwards in business. A customer does something, then we do something, which makes a customer do something, which makes us do something. If we can make our bit internally faster and smoother and more efficient and more effective it makes the overall experience a lot quicker for the customer best example i've got of this is a company called lemonade have you heard of lemonade never heard of them so that's that's fine um they're they're an insurance company and they hold the world world record for the fastest ever insurance claim acceptance and payout Right. right so audience participation time if i were to say Give me a guess. How many hours do you think it took them? World record, fastest insurance acceptance and payout ever. Well, um, let me guess. Uh, payout, yeah? Yep. So they accepted the claim yeah. and paid out in how many hours? Guess. Uh, I'd guess like three to four hours. Okay, it's a good guess. So if I were to tell you it was three hours, you'd oh. be pretty impressed. Yes, and I'm impressed by how close I got. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, what if I told you it was three minutes? Oh, I, I wouldn't believe that. Well, it was three seconds. What? Oh my God, seriously. Three seconds. Yeah, so as the story goes, this guy left a coat on a train and it was like some fancy, expensive coat. So he went to claim and he claimed through the app and Lemonade had already decided that this person was a trustworthy customer. So their algorithm accepted and paid out the claim in three seconds. Three seconds. Look, as an aside, we spend so much of our time in businesses administering our distrust of customers. True. Right. What Lemonade do is spend that time figuring out which customers can we trust. And as a result, now 25% of their claims are accepted and paid out in 20... Um, in, th- in three seconds. So we need to look at our experience and say, well, look, how do we make this quicker? How do we help our customers achieve their goals in the fastest time possible? What, what is there internally that we can eliminate or make smoother that will allow the overall experience to happen quicker? So that's fast. Mm. Okay, then we've got convenient. Look, make, make it effortless. Okay, um, know who I am, know my preferences, remember my details. Uh, look, I get, so... Back in the day when internet shopping came out, it was amazing. It was so cool because like, you could buy things without having to put on clothes, which is like the worst part of shopping as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but nowadays, if I'm buying stuff online and I have to go into the other room to get my wallet, I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. I've become really ungrateful, man. Um, because some companies don't remember your details. They don't remember your payment preferences. They don't remember this. They don't remember that. Convenience is all about being where your customer is and making them have to do less stuff. Look at the rise of the um, app-based banks, people like Monzo. Yeah. So if um, look at a traditional bank. You need to travel to the branch. It's only open nine to five. Yeah. Um, they've got so many brick-and-mortar stores that their um, costs are really high, which then gets passed on to you as a customer. They've got notoriously bad um, customer service, whereas the, the app-based banks, you don't have to travel anywhere because they're on an app, which is on your phone, which is in your pocket all the time. Mm. It's with you all the time. They're open 24-7 because they're an app. They don't have brick-and-mortar branches, so their costs are lower, and they build their brands on superior customer service. So there's, there's a massive sway in this convenience. Shep Iken talks about it quite a lot in the, the convenience revolution. He's got a new book out talking about how convenience can be a, a differentiator. So we need to look at our experiences and ask ourselves the question, how can we get closer to where our customers are? How can we best utilize mobile channels and online channels? How can we give our customers everything they need in one place? Now look, a lot of people say to me, well, what, easy, fast, and convenient, they're, they're all the same thing. They're not the same thing. Um, let, let me give you an example. As I was to, going to ask this actually, because they're kind of looking similar. They're similar, but they're not the same. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example that helps differentiate them. So let's say we'll do, um, We'll do an insurance example. So you could have one that is easy and convenient, but not fast. So it's easy because it's a one-click claim. Mm -hmm. It's convenient because it's on an app, Mm -hmm. but it's not fast because it takes seven years to get the money. Okay. Mm -hmm. We could have one where it is fast and convenient, but not easy. Mm -hmm. So it's convenient because you claim through an app. It's fast because it's an instant payout, lemonade style. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not easy because the form you have to fill in needs your dental records, your birth certificate, your ancestry.com family tree, your 23andMe DNA data. It's not easy. And you have to scan all of these documents and upload it in the app. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then you could have one that is fast and easy, but not convenient. So it's easy because it's a one-click claim. It's fast because it's an instant payout, but it's not convenient because you actually have to go into a branch to do it. And there's only one branch in the country and it's on top of a mountain. <laughs> so there you go. That's the differentiation between them. So there you go. So we'll check in. We've got easy, fast and convenient, which are different things. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing is trackable. Okay. Make the experience trackable. As a customer, let me know what the process is and let me know what my progress in the process is. Give me visibility and transparency. Dude, the best example of this is um, like Pizza Hut or Domino's. Mm. When, you, uh, when you order a pizza online, you get a little page that shows you the exact process from ordering to delivery and exactly where you are True. in that. Yep. It's a great example of this, the trackability. Um, some delivery companies are getting really good at this as, as well now. If you download the app, you can see exactly where your driver is on a map, sort of sat-nav style. You can yeah. see exactly how many stops are before you. Get really up-to-date um, delivery estimates. Even if they have to leave your package with a neighbor or leave it in a safe place, they can take a photo, send it through the app. You can track where it is. It's all about that trackability. So we need to ask ourselves the question, how do we let our customers know what to expect How do we let them know what the process is and how do we let them track their progress in the process? How do we give more visibility and transparency to our customers? So there you go. That's trackability. Next part is personalization. So it's about knowing your customers, making the experience unique to them, or at least feel that way. Now, good example of this is Netflix. So Netflix use data. They look at, what you watch, when you watch it, how often you watch it, when you pause, how long you pause for, what you watch for 10 minutes and then never watch again, what you, what you repeatedly watch, what times a day, all this stuff. And they use it to crunch and turn out spookily accurate recommendations of things you also might like. Every single person's home screen on Netflix is completely different. It's personalized to them based yeah. on what Netflix think they, they're going to like to watch. But realistically, the best example of this for me Actually, funnily enough, from Shep Hyken, he told me a story once. He's told other people. He didn't just tell me. But he told me a story of um, a time when he was at a Crown Plaza hotel. Now, as an aside, hotels, it's really easy to start personalizing experiences. So if you, um, let's say I'm I'm at a hotel and I ring down to request firm pillows, which is a big bugbear of mine. I hate those like floppy non-filled pillows. Mm-hmm. Right, if I ring down to order firm pillows, they should make a note on a system somewhere to make sure that every time I book with them, the firm pillows become the default. They yep. start to personalize that experience for me. Actually, literally last week I was in Germany delivering one of my really cool keynote talks and the hotel only had those like awful pillows that are hardly filled and they're, oh, they're all floppy and stuff. So I rang down and I said, Hey, can you, can you bring me some firm pillows? And the person was like, yes, no problem. A couple of minutes later, there's a knock at the door. The guy explains, actually, we, we don't have firm pillows. So I've just bought you more of these rubbish pillows. 
So I ended, <laughs> so I had like four of these like awful pillows, and I put my head on it, and the pillows enveloped my head, and I almost died. It was a very traumatic time of my life. I found it very difficult to sleep. Needless to say, I will not be using that hotel again because I rang back down, and they said, "Yeah, turns out we don't have firm pillows." I'm like, "What in the like, like you've ran out of firm?" But like, no, we don't have them. Mm-hmm. What in the in the entire hotel you don't have firm pillows? Turns out they don't have firm pillows. Anyway, I'm going off track. So Shep told me this story. You you know Shep Iken, absolute yes. legend in the customer service world, and he's a bit of a road warrior. So he travels around, but he's got, he's got other hobbies too. He does magic. He plays guitar as well. Probably better than me. Who knows? Oh, um, I didn't know that. He does. He plays guitar. He's, I have seen a new guitar that he's having built. It is Whoa. very cool. And funnily enough, me and Shep are going to be talking at some conferences coming up soon. One is CX day in Mexico. That's going to yeah. be cool. One yeah. is CCW in Vegas. That's going to be cool. One after the other. So me and me and Shep are going to spend some time together and talk guitars. But anyway, so he went into uh, this hotel room at Crown, Pro- Crown Plaza. Mm-hmm. And because he's a road warrior, because he travels a lot mm-hmm. on the table was a shoe shine kit with a little note that said, this will work wonders on the shoes of a road warrior. How cool is that? Wow. Mm. But there was more. Next to that was uh, some beer, and it was a specific brand of beer called Staff Magician. Now, I've never heard of that before, but I imagine they got it because he's into magic. Okay. He's actually pretty good at magic. But that's not all. In the corner of the room, there was a guitar, and the guitar had a little note, and it said... We know how much you like to make music. We thought you might like to play this guitar while you stay with us from your friends at the Crown Plaza. How cool is that? Wow. Yeah. But that's not all. When he came back to his room at night, instead of the traditional mint on the pillow, there was a chocolate bunny in a top hat Mm. as a nod to his magical prowess. Now, look, all these guys had done he's typed his name into google seen the information that he's freely put out there on facebook on twitter on linkedin about his hobbies and they use that information to craft a unique experience for him we need to start to ask ourselves a question how do we make our experiences unique for our customers what parts of the experience need to be standard but what areas can we customize how do we empower our employees to act in this way and what is the easiest way to get this information so there you go that is personalized Mm. then the last one is predictive Mm -hmm. so basically know what's going on without me having to tell you be one step ahead use data to predict my needs use data to predict my behaviors use data to figure out things that might go wrong and then fix them before they go wrong predictiveness breeds proactiveness Mm. okay and again my favorite examples here are actually from companies that use this to put things right when they go wrong what they do is they put in mechanisms to understand the dissatisfaction that happens within their experiences and then when it does happen rather than waiting for the customer to complain they reach out and they compensate they reach out they say to the customer look we know this thing has gone wrong you don't need to tell us this is how we're putting it right look if if you're listening to this podcast and you only take one thing away from this take this only four percent of dissatisfied customers will complain the rest will vote with their feet if you are only fixing problems 
for that 4% of customers that complain, you are missing a massive opportunity. True. What these companies do is they put those mechanisms in place to understand where, in our experience, dissatisfaction occurs. What is it that causes dissatisfaction? They monitor the experience in the experience to notice when those things happen. When they notice the thing has happened, they don't wait for the complaint. They reach out to the customer and put it right. A company that is really good at this is Deliveroo. So they have realized they've, they, they can predict that if your meal is more than 10 minutes late, you will be dissatisfied and you will do one of two things. You will either complain mm-hmm. or you will just never use the service again. So what they do is they proactively reach out and say, look, we knew you were expecting your meal in 30 minutes and it took 45 minutes. We're really sorry about that. Here is a voucher for 20% off your next meal with us. Mm. Right? So what they do is two things again. The people that would have called in to complain no longer call in to complain Mm. because you've already put it right for them. So that saves you money. And then the people that would have just never used the service again because they've now got this voucher. It really all but guarantees they will use the service again. And it gives you that second chance. It gives you that second chance to deliver the right experience. So I, I, I love it when companies do that. It's a relatively new way of working. It's something I've been talking about for a while. Not everybody's doing it, but that proactive predictive fixing of problems. And we need to ask, what do we need to know about our customers up front? What is it? that causes dissatisfaction how do we monitor the experiences to see these things when we notice it how are we going to communicate to our customers and what are we going to do to put it right so look they are the six steps to rockstar cx easy fast convenient trackable personalized and predictive there you go wonderful james and while you were talking about this i was thinking and you've used examples for each one of them yes is there one company that comes to your mind that could do all of the six that, or that is doing all of the six? Yeah, plenty. Um, Amazon is a great one. Uber yeah. is another one. Yeah. Um, let's, let's look at Uber. So easy. It is far it is. easier to order a taxi on Uber than it is to stand in the rain waving at a cab trying to get them to stop. It's easy. Sure. It's a lot faster as well. It's a lot faster to get the cab exactly when you want it because you can pre-book or you can order it immediately. It's convenient because it's on an app on your phone. It is far more convenient to sit in, in the comfort of your hotel room and order the app than actually go down to the side of the street and try and hail a cab. Mm-hmm. It's trackable because you can see exactly how many drivers are around you. You can see how long it's going to take them to get to you. You can see how long it's going to take to get to the destination. You can track the route they're going to take. Uh, It's personalized because it remembers your details. You don't have to put your payment details in every time. Uh, It remembers where your home is. It remembers routes that you take most often and it's predictive. It lets you know whether traffic is going to cause a delay. It lets you know, um, how long it's going to take for you to get to your destination and other things as well. For instance, if a driver cancels, it predicts that you're probably going to be dissatisfied with that. And they reach out and say, look, we've refunded the money. You don't need to worry about that because a lot of the calls that, and a lot of the contact that Uber gets is people saying, Hey, look, the driver canceled or I canceled. I don't want you to take the money. I just want to make sure you haven't, they proactively reach out and say, look, we know that was cancelled. We haven't taken the money. Don't worry. So there you go. I mean, that's a, that's a really simple 
example that we've probably all used of easy, fast, convenient, trackable, personalized, and predictive. True, true. Now, what are some Can of the... Can you think of any? No, this is this is wonderful. I think, uh, yeah, I'm I'm an Uber user, and and I can totally relate to all of that. Just that it's not fast anymore, at least here in India. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, maybe maybe they don't do that everywhere in the world. Is it still yeah. faster than hailing a, a cab or walking? It is. It is. Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Definitely faster than faster than the alternative, but not as fast as it used to be. So there's my Uber complaint. Nevertheless, so what are some of the challenges that brands must be prepared to overcome when they embark in this journey of uh, Rockstar CX? Um, Realistically, it's got nothing to do with any of this stuff. The biggest challenge that brands face is not understanding their customers and not understanding what their successful outcomes are, understanding their real needs. You, You can make the wrong experience easy, fast, convenient, trackable, personalized, and predictive. It doesn't matter if it's the wrong experience. It doesn't matter how good it is. So the big challenge is really understanding who your customers are at a deep level, understanding their expectations, understanding the bigger picture for them, understanding their outcomes, their goals and their needs, not their wants. There's a massive difference between giving a customer what they say that they want and what they actually need. Um, It's understanding that stuff. That's the big challenge. Realistically, doing this stuff isn't that hard. Sitting down and saying, how do we make our experience easier, faster, more convenient? personalized predictive trackable that's that's not the difficult thing Mm. it's the thing that gets overlooked a lot but it's a very easy thing to do when you sit down and put your mind to it the difficult thing is that true customer understanding making sure the thing you are doing in the first place is the right thing and you're not just making a bad experience good a good bad experience Mm -hmm. makes sense it, it kind of doesn't that you're not doing a good job at delivering a bad experience experience, that's that's a better way to that you're not doing a good job at delivering a bad experience there you go yeah yeah makes sense so um have you ever had a rockstar customer experience james Um, and share the story that's a good honestly probably not you know um i I tend to attract bad experiences (laughs) um so anti-rockstar customer experience should i say i mean the the only um experiences that i have had that have have had all of these elements in are the things like amazon are the things like pizza are the things like uber there's not a standout experience that i can necessarily think of um but that's kind of the thing man it's like the the best companies in the world don't always stand out Mm. the best companies in the world kind of just it just happens it just works you don't have to think about them yeah, but in that case, shouldn't it, shouldn't companies be doing it consistently, so that they kind of start standing out such rockstar customer experiences? Arguably, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on. I'm gonna be asking some uh, rapid fire questions. Uh, let me get ready. Let me, let me get in my zone. Yeah. <coughs> right. All ready. Right. So, which is the one book you would blindly recommend anyone, and why? Uh, outside in by steve towers because it's quick it's full of stories and it really does crystallize the the thinking of the the most customer-centric companies in the world wonderful i'm currently reading that perfect yeah which one brand comes to your mind when you think about rockstar cx i think you've already answered that yeah probably amazon all right and what would be the one cx mantra that you would advise brands to live by? 
deliver a rockstar customer experience. Wonderful, wonderful. So with that, we've come to the end of this podcast, James. I would like to thank you for sparing the time. This was a great conversation and another amazing experience for me as well. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And to all our listeners, this is Vivek signing off from CX Conversations. Bye-bye.